Thanks for tuning in. This is Down the Fandom Hole, a podcast about the creative side of fandom and its amazing queer community. Join our host, fanfic writer and queer bear extraordinaire, Aika Spencer, as she and fellow fan creators share their fandom stories, talk creativity, and discuss inclusive spaces. While you listen, visit patreon.com slash down the fandom hole and check out the free companion post for this episode. There, you'll find creative content from today's guests, recommendations and shout-outs to other fandom creators, as well as links to follow Aya and her guests. So, hop to it and check it out. Aloha, my fellow fan beans. I'm your host, Aika Spencer, and it is Scandal Cabbage Sunday. Because what better way to apologize for poor time management than to give your guests an entire day to themselves? My friend and Animal Crossing buddy a talented and wonderful writer and artist, talk about how fandom offers a safe space for individuals to find other like-minded individuals they mesh well with, how having a support group lessened her fear of rejection, and, well, you're going to have to keep listening to find out. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. What are your pronouns? Um, normally I go by she, her, but honestly, anything really works. Okay. Let's kind of start this off with what fandom got you to start writing? To start writing, I would say more consistently, definitely Supercore, which is pretty much all I've really written so far. I didn't start writing until, so like April of this year, I think. Wow that I've actually started like writing consistently. Yeah, it would be April. Were you writing before? Not really. There is fan fiction from when I was a teenager and no one's ever going to find that. Okay. <laughs> but I will say it was um it was Pirates of the Caribbean fan fiction. Ooh. But it's under a different handle, so that's going to remain a secret. Okay. Understood. So when you think of fandom, what is it about fandom that kind of drew you in? I like interactions with different fandoms over the years. The only one that I've ever really like participated in is like Supercore, mm-hmm. like actually participated in is Supercore. But I think like in general, fandom is just pretty cool as far as getting to see one like this one piece of media, and then everyone like how everyone interprets it, how everyone kind of interacts with it, mm-hmm. and all of the cool and amazing stuff that people make for something that they really really love. So I just think it, like it's a cool place for like meeting people and the like, getting to express your creativity through it. Like it's kind of like a facilitator for these ideas that you have and finding ways to like get them out there with people who also enjoy the same stuff as you. What was it about the Supercourt fandom that made you want to write more for it? Because, I mean, I know why I love it. They're just a hot mess that so many possibilities can be done. But, like, what was your reason for wanting to write your own stories and even drawing? The the writing and the drawing kind of came together. I've been drawing for on and off probably for, like, 10 years now, I think. 10, 11 years now. There was a whole period of time for, like, the last couple years where I didn't really draw that much. I did, like, a lot of doodles but didn't actually complete anything. Um, And then... A few months ago, this was probably back like March, April of this year, I was like doing like a virtual hangout with a friend and we were just watching like YouTube videos at this point. 
and they had started playing this one scene of Lena. Um, and I had been watching, or I had started watching Supergirl when it first aired, and then I dropped off around season two. So they were like already done with season five by the time this happened. Uh, wow. But I saw one, yeah, I had saw seen that one scene of Lena, and I was like, dang, I miss Lena. And I was like, man, I miss Supercore because um, I did ship them back during when season two started. And so I was like, I want to find content. So I started going through AO3 um, and started reading a ton of these Supercore fix um, where I didn't also also didn't know a ton of the characters because I hadn't seen anything since season two. But I was like, I miss Supercore a lot. Like they are, like you said, they're a hot mess. I think if they were written better, they would have so much more potential. And I was just like, I have ideas. Like the ideas just started flowing. And then my friend has been like super supportive the entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, So every time I had an idea, I would just like ramble incoherently Mm -hmm. in like a chat. That's just, and then eventually one day I was just like, I'm going to write something. Mm -hmm. And then I posted it up and I guess people liked it. So that felt really nice and then the same thing with the art the art I didn't really draw that much super core until actually like the Argo City exchange but now that I have done that like first drawing of them I can't like I can't stop so do you do digital art or do you do hand drawings um mostly digital though sometimes I do it um by hand mm-hmm. Um, I have some Posca paint markers that I'll sometimes like to play around with. I'm not like a huge painter, mm-hmm. but uh, it's fun to work with those sometimes if I'm feeling it. Um, sometimes like I can't get anything down digitally, but if I just pick up like a pencil on a paper, it just all comes flying out. Nice. So it's just kind of like from head to hand onto paper kind of thing. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll have like ideas that are just like stewing for a long time. I have a notes, uh, like a note on my phone Mm -hmm. full of some ideas I have that are just like sitting there and eventually I'll hopefully get to. Yeah. I have notes for like poems and stories. I want to write quite a few of those. Yeah. There's always more ideas than there is time. Oh my God. Yes. So, (laughs) so much. And you're like, oh, you're like in the midst of one whip and then you suddenly get an inspiration for another whip and you're like, I need to finish this whip. So it's it's a creative dilemma. Yeah, like there is a drawing, um, not super core, it's actually for a Sami drawing that I want to do. It's been sitting in that notes app for like three months now and I have, one day I'll get to it. You'll get to it. One day. It's very vivid in my mind. I just have to actually create it. It's always one day, right? And you've, you've got like it all plotted out. Sometimes does it ever happen to you where like, it's all in your head, it's all plotted, it's all beautiful. And then when you try to put it down on paper and you're like, suddenly it's all gone. You're like, where did it go? Yes. That's pretty much every single fic that I've written so far. <laughs> yeah. I hate when that happens. It's just so cool. Let's talk a bit about rejection. Before you mentioned writing for the Pirates of the Caribbean. Were you more concerned about possible rejection that first time for that fandom or now with Supercorp? Um, when I was originally writing Pirates of the Caribbean, which is something that I 
haven't really thought about before. I don't, I think why I wrote it when I was younger was just because I thought Penelope Cruz was hot, but I didn't really realize why. Um, but since I wrote it as like a teenager, I really had no fear of rejection then. It was just blind confidence uh-huh. in whatever I was putting out there. Uh-huh. Um, but with Supercore, I think because like I actually like really wanted to write things um, that I, yeah, like I actually had a like, desire to really write for it and wanted it to be good. I was very scared. Like I still think like I'm not necessarily like a good writer, I don't think, or a great writer, I don't think. Mm-hmm. but like because of like how supportive my friend has been um throughout the entire thing a lot of my friends actually but most of I only have one that I show my writing to that's actually part of the super core fandom but all of my other friends they just listen to me ramble on about them they don't know they they don't know anything about them have never seen an episode with them together but everyone is like super supportive so I feel better like Mm -hmm. my friends if I do share something with it they get super excited about it which helps like ease a lot of the anxiety and fear of rejection for that Mm -hmm. and then when it actually comes time to post I do it and then I'm like I have to shut off my computer and that's it do you ever check your um stuff your kudos count and comments a little bit yeah I get like the emails when like comments come through and when kudos come through but other than that like I do have a lot of fun when I'm writing it. It's just it, the anxiety of like how what people will think of it once they actually read it. And that's um, true. It's a public forum, and you're putting your hard work out there. And sometimes people are just not nice. Yeah, but overwhelmingly, like the comments that I have gotten on it, when people do leave comments, they're all very positive, and a lot of people like were really excited about it. And I was like, wow, did not think that would be the reaction, but it's a good. It's like a good surprise. Yeah, that's true too. It's it's nice when people are receptive to what you're putting out there. Yeah, like I like again, I was just like really surprised. Didn't think anyone would actually write or actually like what I wrote, aside from like the one person who knew what was going on when I wrote it. Well, it's nice that you have a friend who's so encouraging like that. And you know, sometimes that's all you need to be able to get past the hurdle of the fear of rejection and posting and whatever that, you know, the negative emotions that can get intertwined with this positive thing that you're feeling. Yeah, it it definitely has been really good too, just for like self-confidence sake with the art that I create too. And honestly, that's why I am part of a big reason why I'm still able to like keep drawing, even though it, like my process is pretty slow. But keep drawing and keep writing whatever it is that I do write just because everyone is super just like super cool about it yeah and if they're also creating content for the fandom you guys can like spitball and talk and kind of generate ideas from each other as well or are they I'm so sorry I made that assumption uh they're not they're actually not a content creator so but they love seeing every single piece of content well, that's even better. You kind of have a built-in fan who will like say, oh, no, this isn't good. Or, yeah, this was awesome. Yeah, I'm just like, give me your unadulterated response to this. Just tell me. 
And it's nice when they can give you an honest opinion, you know, instead of just always going, oh, yes, it's wonderful. It's great. And then you're like, yes, thank you. But sometimes I want criticism so I know how to get better. Yeah, I love to when I just like show them something. A lot of the writing, a lot of my like three and thoughts have not been posted, but I just like, <laughs> type them down in the notes app and note the notes app and I like send it over. And my favorite part is getting like in caps lock everything. <laughs> just like the, in, the responses in all caps lock. I'm just like, cool. My brain was working at like 10%. <laughs> Yeah, that's not nice. I've I've been thinking of like putting together a 3 a.m. ramblings because I tend to wake up very early and I'm just like suddenly I'm I'm like the filter for amazing thoughts or I don't know, conduit for amazing thoughts. And I'm just like this, this and this and this and this, this and this and this. And what about this, this and this and this? And I'm like, I wonder what it would look like on a Tumblr post. Yeah, my notes app is like if I think of something I might want to add to a fic I'll just write it here I wrote like a whole note on like just thoughts about red k Mm -hmm. um and then like different scenes that are just in my mind if I can't sleep because the scenes in my mind I'll just like write it down Mm -hmm. um and send it over and again it's just like working at 10% capacity like I tried writing something the other day and then I read over it and I was like I have no idea what I was trying to write and show you, but it made sense at the time. I know, right? You're like, you think you've just written like the Magna Carta and instead you've just written something a five-year-old wrote and you're like, what was I trying to say? I was like, half of these sentences don't make sense, but you read it. So thank you. Yeah. That's like my first draft. It looks like an eighth grader wrote, like a really illegible eighth grader. I'm like... I think it was saying something and I'm not quite sure what that was. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And then it's, it, it doesn't even get used. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's always really fun when I like open it up the next day and I look at it and I'm like, none of these words are, I, you can't read any of these words because there's so many typos. In them. <laughs> exactly. You think you just, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad. But, <laughs> So where do you get most of your inspiration from? Is it just like, do you hear music or when you go outside, if you like go on walks, like where does your inspiration come from? Um, A lot of it just, I don't know, a lot of it just, I think it's just like a collection of um, just inspiration from other content I've seen. I really love soft supercore. Mm-hmm. Um, also really love angst, but the angst does take a backseat sometimes because they can be a lot to read mm-hmm. um but the ideas that also this from like conversations with my friend too if we're just like suddenly thinking about some um so we think about like soft super cool cuddles and then mm-hmm. that's actually what I'm drawing right now um Aww. so I guess I guess it counts as cuddling it's close it's close to cuddling I mean um, you did write a really nice soft one with the affections which I read to a friend out loud and I'm like oh my god I love this it's it's the slow progression of soft intimate moments and you know the whole navigating where you go and what you do after such an upheaval between them 
you know, and it was just so well written and so lovely. And I'm just like, oh, I want this. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, Affections was also like one of the first things I really wrote. I don't remember when I actually published it. Um, but it was like one of the first things. And my whole goal with that was just I want soft content. And I want to be able to share soft content with my friend. And then it turned into like four chapters. Yeah. And it, it was sweet. You first, first it starts off with hand, hand squeezes and the touch of hands. And then it slowly progresses to being in a relationship and figuring out what to do in that relationship and overcoming the hurdle of what that is and moving on to game nights, coming back to game nights, slowly coming back into each other's lives. And then you, they're together and you're like, oh. It was, it was, it was so well thought out that it made complete sense, the trajectory of where it went. And as though the bad stuff that had happened wasn't so bad that they couldn't come back from it, you know, that they were able to rekindle the feelings that they were and that those feelings kind of evolved into something better. Yeah. And I remember the idea for that one came partially it came because I saw this set of like this prompt list basically of like just ways to show affection but then also it came right after I found out what did happen in season five and everything that happened which like I do think Lena has a right to be angry Mm -hmm. that is definitely something to be angry about Mm -hmm. but the way she went about it out of context is very funny yeah, a bunch of hetero people are like, you sure she's not angry because her heart is broken? Because you're like, it didn't seem very um, heterosexual or angry. <laughs> I don't... Like, wow, she really went extreme. <laughs> yeah, it. all of season five really did feel like just a really bad breakup. Yeah, and one of them's a super genius and one of them's a superhero and they both have unlimited access to re- specific resources that could basically implode the world. You're like, hmm, yeah, perhaps this was a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, like it was like right after I found out what happened in season five. And I was like, but what happens when they come back together? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I wanted to write something that was soft. There were like other, there's like another attempt. Um, it's still unfinished. I'm not really actually sure if I'll finish it. I want to one day, but there's another fic in there where I did want to try and like flesh out more of like what would happen when the two get back together. Yeah, even just like mending their friendship. But that one isn't as well thought out. So that one was one of those that was written more of like, I'm going to, I'll take this one step at a time, which was not a good idea. Mm-hmm. So I learned my lesson with that one. Why wasn't it a good idea? Uh, mostly just because like, I really didn't think anything out. I should really expand on that. I was just kind of like, I want to write them having conversations with each other and like using that to bring them both slowly back together this is a Um, different story from affection yeah it's a different story okay yeah sorry about that no worries um but I like again I didn't really think it out so I hit this point where I was like I don't really know where to go from here Mm -hmm. um so it's just been kind of sitting in limbo for a while Oh, yeah. I have a couple of those, too. Yeah, but for motivation uh, or ideas when I'm creating stuff for Supercore, 
some of it does come from songs too not it's usually fix more so than actual drawings but i actually have this playlist i made for supercore that i also listen to when i draw um and there's some songs in there that kind of inspired some of the fix that i did write nice what kind of music do you like to listen to that you found has been more inspirational for you for writing or is it any kind of song um well in general I guess I would say I listen to a lot of like indie pop. As far as supercore though, a lot is like, at least in the state, like heavily influenced by season five. So some of it is like more angsty. There's some like fluffier songs in here. A lot of it is more angsty too. So I guess that kind of fuels a lot of the fic, mm-hmm. at least. There's one song in here called Going Home that's like inspired actually the fic I'm currently writing. It feels like I'm going home. Who, who sings that song? The Aces. Have you seen season five? Yes, I have seen season five. I've seen everything up through season five. I just haven't seen season six except for the finale. Yeah, I haven't seen any of season six except for what I find on Tumblr and Twitter every so often. But Yeah, um, pretty much. It's okay. Spoilers work. And then you have the people who write different content in the same scenes and you're like, oh, and then you find out that's not what happened. You're like, I've been robbed. <laughs> yeah. I I think I definitely want to watch season six eventually, just probably sometime in the future, just was- so I can like fill the gaps. Yeah. I have a, my thing is, is I have a hard time writing from season five on. So like all my stories start earlier so I can control that back end because it was such a hot mess. Like I w- was, um, a friend would watch while I would like work on stories or episodes or whatever. And she would be giving me commentary. And I'm like, that sounds like a hot mess. And she's like, it is a hot mess. <laughs> I'm like, okay, then <laughs> she's like, but there were four minutes of Lena Luther that were really great. I'm like, okay, <laughs> the super Supergirl has been boiled down to minutes of Lena Luther. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like what I would do with my friend too. They watched the, well they watched like all of season five with me because they also hadn't seen it at that point um and then had to help me through season four mm-hmm. the whole like agent liberty arc that one just like took me forever to get through so I was like someone needs to force me to watch it so I can continue the rest of it because I really want to get to red daughter um mm-hmm. but when season six came around and so we actually watched the finale together and then when season six came around or with it, um, I had only known everything I'd seen from Tumblr to fill in all of the gaps. And then they had only known everything I told them about the season. Oh, wow. So there there was a lot of missing pieces when we actually watched the finale. Well, yeah, uh, it was a hot mess, but at least it kind of followed a plot line. It, it, seemed, like a, it seemed like it was possibly a more coherent plot line than season five. Maybe. I just don't like it as a show. It's really great for content, though. Did you feel like like it would be really difficult for them to come back from what happened to be able to create a relationship that was so intimate after <laughs> Lena went crazy and Kara did what she did? So from after season five? Yeah. Do you think like an actual romantic relationship would have been truth um rationally possible after what happened 
I think given like proper amounts of time and actual like healing, Mm -hmm. I think that would be possible. But like I would feel like it'd be a very, very slow process because first, like if, if you feel like someone has betrayed your trust first you have to build that foundation back up again uh-huh which like given like lena's character would take a very very long time even mm-hmm. if it's kara mm-hmm. just because it's like like her a lot of her character is built on the fact that like her life has been full of betrayal and people using her so even if like she does forgive like she did forgive kara so even with that i feel like to have an actual like romantic relationship would it is possible if they work toward it but just just really long so definitely not something that could be done in a season I feel like mm-hmm. like realistic in a season but I would say yes is my short answer yeah I don't know I feel like from myself this is why I don't like attacking season five as a storyline because I feel like there's a mo that like you said unless Lena did some massive therapy, even Kara, because she needs it as well, did some massive therapy and did a lot of internal work, that it would be a very bad relationship for both of them because it's was such a destruction of trust. Like, it was good they had the catalyst of Nixie and Kara ending up in the Phantom Zone and Lex being crazy. And Lex being crazy, but I don't know. I think it would be difficult to create a relationship from there. Yeah, that's fair. Like, yeah, like in season five, like it, like all trust was, not all trust, but most of the trust was gone, um, especially on Lena's end. And then though season six, from what I know about it, like with Kara being gone for almost half the season, mm-hmm. like that does give also Lena space, like literal space, which is good, which from what i've heard like it did help her make amends with the super friends on her own but it it really just boils down to both both of them really need a lot of therapy for a lot of different reasons yeah plus it's gonna have to be crazy amounts of trust where is is Kara gonna have to be completely 100 percent honest with her can there be no secrets now because she was both a good friend to Lena and a bad friend to Lena all rolled into one because mm-hmm. as Supergirl, she was very critical and she was very um, suspicious of Lena. You know, it's not like she embodied Kara who was fully there for Lena, who believed in Lena. You know, she literally was two separate people while she dealt with Lena. So Lena had to deal with her as Supergirl who did not completely trust her and her actions completely showed that. And as Kara, who completely trusted her and whose actions showed that it's, you know, she had to deal with two personalities of the same person and then to find out they're the same person. Yeah. And that's kind of also like why I say, or why I think that even though Lena kind of went off the deep end in season five, her reaction of being like really angry and even wanting like revenge on Kara, that Mm -hmm. does make sense probably could have been done in a better way i think but like her reaction still i think it makes sense like if you feel if if you're like someone like nina and then you get this massive betrayal from the person you trust the most in the entire world you're gonna want to do something Mm -hmm. and in this case her thing was mind control Mm -hmm. um 
but yeah there's just they have to basically i would think they'd have to restart from square one like square one Kara walking into lena's office like that kind of i not knowing where they didn't know anything about each other and build from there but like in this case where now they would have like that whole backdrop of there can't be anything as huge as that being kept from one another again mm-hmm. um in order for I, I i feel like in order for it to feel like it's actually like a meaningful relationship at that point yeah i wonder if the relationship would have actually have been able to withstand that though you know because how easy would it be for lena to reopen up to Kara, who basically lied to her after that fact i mean yes she went off the deep end yes she went crazy to an extent completely okay she did on our biased opinions she did it a little wonky but you know she's gonna have to find trust back in Kara. but like from the sound of it in season six from what it looked like it looked like lena was the only bad guy in the entire experience there and that she was the only one who had to make amends because Kara ended up in the phantom zone right or something you haven't watched it either this is a meat kind of fair station. I apologize. <laughs> um, all right. Reframe, we think. So is there any new fandoms that you're thinking of uh, that you're kind of getting interested into? Not new necessarily. Like, so while I was watching Supergirl, because it took me so long to actually get through it, start, like restarting from season two mm-hmm. and then getting through that through season five, I did like take little breaks in between. So what I did finally was I finished watching Wind and Earp, which again, I, I just love that show. It's so good. Um, so good. It's so good. I originally watched Wind and Earp when it first aired, much like Supergirl. Then I just like dropped off. I'm, I'm just really bad at also watching shows while they air. Because <laughs> um, like eventually I like forget. So even if I'm like really into it, like just I forget what happens on a week by week basis. So mm-hmm. I have to like watch it all at once which is why thank Um, god for binge watching yeah i it's not like not even that i binge watch things it's just like i have to have at least a couple episodes like bridge everything together otherwise i'll forget ah i see okay yeah so like why not or i restarted that from season one Mm -hmm. like i took a little break from supergirl restarted that from season one to refresh my mind and then watched everything else so i guess like i don't i don't know how active the why not or fandom is i don't think it really is that active anymore but i could be wrong i mean i'm still talking to people who are in love with winona Earp. there's a, a read aloud server that i'm part of and they still do winona uh way hot way hot wednesdays um yeah like that is one like i haven't really gone into it but i would love to at least like draw something for it one day because mm-hmm. like i i love it a lot i've just i was not really like I never really participated in the fandom so I don't really know much about the actual fandom yeah I learned about it on the audio frickbook server it's still pretty huge there they have like I was saying the way hot Wednesdays and stuff like that yeah I think the show itself like the entire like viewer base was a lot smaller compared to something like Supergirl 2 in general well I think the thing is is that you have canonical characters who are lesbians and are queer and it's not weird. And there's a lot of them because even Jeremy was queer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Winona was uh, 
in your face kind of person who also had a huge heart and the show itself was really good I watched it from start to finish too and I was sad it's not coming back it's done yeah if again and if it it ever has a season five I'm all here for it I would actually watch that week by week just because I love it a lot and it is their seasons are usually very short Mm -hmm. 13 Um, episodes I think yeah like 12 or 13 yeah Mm-hmm. and they're but they're all just so good i mean like winona is just a hot mess through and through she tries to be better but she's she can't get rid of how like big of a mess she is and i just love that about her and the fact that she's a hot mess actually turns out to be a strength for her and something that people can rely on because yes winona's a hot mess but she's a reliable hot mess <laughs> she has consistent results <laughs> she does and you know the people of oh did you watch season four i don't want to give you any spoilers oh yeah i watched the whole thing okay good then those people of purgatory actually you know nedley came back and he was just like winona is the person for the job we need winona you know and so people started to kind of congregate around her and she became the focal point for real and it just took three seasons four seasons to get her there but it was a it was nice to see someone so flawed be considered a hero yeah and it's like she she keeps almost all of her flaws with her throughout the entire series mm-hmm. and they become we, things people are endeared by i know like like i think about like her and nicole um like their their mutual like so like their equalizer i can't think of a better word their equalizer for a lot of their relationship was just how much they love waverly um and like how much they yeah just how much they love Waverly but then it like grows like even though they butt heads mm-hmm. literally every single time mm-hmm. they know like they eventually grow to be best friends or consider each other their best friends just mm-hmm. because even though I know it's a mess mm-hmm. and she goes kind of off the deep end especially when Waverly's involved mm-hmm. they both know like they have the best interests of Waverly in mind and then they go and then they eventually learn to like actually trust each other and to share the protection of Waverly because it was always Winona who would protect Waverly and then in that season four um what's her name Uh, Nicole is just like it's my turn Winona it's my turn to protect her because I can do it and you're like you go Nicole Hodge Yes, I think about that scene a lot, actually. Like, she's just like, it's my fucking turn, Winona. Like, because Winona just always wants to put herself in front. Mm-hmm. Because it, I feel like Winona can't, feels like she can't trust anyone else mm-hmm. to protect Waverly. And she eventually has to learn to trust Nicole that she wants to protect her just as badly. Which is funny, because in the end, it's still, is Nicole the one who goes into the fog? I can't remember. She is, right? She does actually go into the fog. Nicole meets Jolene. Yeah, Nicole goes in the fog first, but it actually is Winona who ends up saving. Um, Nicole goes in the fog first, Jolene pushes her out, and then so Nicole ends up in some other part of Purgatory, the Mm -hmm. forest. Then Winona goes in, Mm -hmm. and then I don't... I don't know. She doesn't save Waverly. That's when um, her and Jolene kind of like merge together. So, Jolene gets merged into Waverly? Is that? No, my, no, my bad. 
um Waverly awakens like the what was it like the demon inside not the demon the the angel inside of it yeah but it turns bad right because Jolene's like feeding it bullshit yeah I think so yeah actually good you're bad and then she comes out all bad although I have to say their angel wings are like shitty like those are sad wings yeah yeah the the wings really didn't do it for me there I'm like why didn't you CGI it like the wings on Lucifer really good but yeah and but they were also like actual wings as well but like these wings just looked like they were wearing something some look like actual wings yeah the wings kind of didn't really tie the whole thing together mm-hmm. but the actual story helped so i could overlook it mm-hmm. that's true it was a good story i mean emily andrus is a really good um showrunner she's a sh- i think she was a showrunner on that i think she was too and then like that also ends too with like nicole becoming was it the shield Yes, the shield for Waverly, and she can never leave the ghost triangle. Yes, and I, I don't know, that like entire speech she did at the stairs, like, you can't leave because you're meant to marry me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I, I think about those few episodes a lot because they were just so amazing. They're so soft, and here she is, she's putting her heart on her sleeve, and she's pouring it out to Waverly, and it gets through to Waverly, and you're like, yes, that's exactly what you want. Yes, it's like you're you're at the you, she's at the stairs and you see her walking up. She's like, is Nicole going to show up in time? Like, I don't know. It's like, like I honestly didn't know which way it could go because like season three ends with Waverly getting trapped in um, what was it, the garden? Mm-hmm. Which is just ugly. What, like, why is this thing called the garden? The sad barren wasteland. Right. I'm like, that is not a garden. That is a salt pit. So it was, it was it was salt or it was snow? Was it salt or snow? I think it was snow. I think it was snow. Okay. So I mean, it's just crazy. But yes, oh god, they were such a cute couple. No, yeah, they're they're just so good. I remember the reason I originally started watching White Nun Earth was because of Way Hot, and mm-hmm. then I wasn't disappointed. But then, like, I actually grew to love the whole series itself. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Jeremy's crotch warnings. <laughs> He's like, my thing is just on fire. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> okay. Premonition crotch. <laughs> you know what? That's a special power. And he uses it. He does. And then his teeth look like um salesman's teeth. As it's like, it's very white. Okay. They're very white, a- very neat. It was a very, it was an awesome image. So do you have a ritual when you create? Do you like um, listen to music, get really quiet, drink a whiskey, put on a scented candle? Remember what I just do? Um, I do put on music. Um, it usually depends. Sometimes I put on like that super core playlist I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um or I just, I, the other playlist I have pretty much is just one thing where I dump every single thing I listen to into one playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's currently 10 and a half hours long. Whoa. Um, just because I'm not really good at making playlists. That Super Pro one is pretty much the only one I've ever made. Um, I know what you mean. I have three playlists, folksy, feisty, and soft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, this one is like, it's a mix of just everything. So I just never know what I'm going to get when I listen to it. But uh, eventually, like a lot of the music, if I like really get into mm-hmm. whatever I'm creating or whatever I'm drawing, it just becomes like background noise. So that's not as long as there's like noise, I'm fine. And then I just like sit down at my desk and I try to draw it out. I usually like, look for references and everything. And then once I'm good, um, I'll start trying to sketch it out. And then um, I do send it to like my friends and I'm just like, help. Um, she's like, help. Something doesn't look right here. Someone tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of that is just, I, I do a lot of my drawing and or just creating in general. I do a lot of that at night. Mm-hmm. So that's when I really feel like everything's kind of settled down. Mm-hmm. So I can just sit here and focus on that. But there's not really like a ritual ritual. I might like eat some ice cream while I'm doing it. What's or the ice cream? cream? Uh, usually like a Ben and Jerry's one, like a non-dairy one. But I like the fudge brownie one a lot. Oh my God, yes. They make that without dairy? Yeah, so they have the non-dairy versions, which is really nice. Oh. Um, the lactose intolerance. Yeah, they taste pretty much the same as their regular ones too. Well, that's pretty good. Do you think? Do you think they're more healthy too? I don't know if they're more healthy or not. I'm still eating ice cream, but they taste good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm gonna eat it. I like. I don't eat it like all the time. Like I don't always have it. They are kind of expensive. It's like five dollars a pint. Oh God, that's nothing. That's inexpensive here. Fair. Very fair. <laughs> I always love going to other places where the cost of living is lower because I found out that the cost of living here in Hawaii is like 170% or something. Jeez. And Yeah. But we have really good health care here, at least. And so, um, so when my aunt was telling me about how much she had to pay for an avocado, it was like, I think she was like, oh my God, it's a buck 50. And I'm like, Auntie, I pay like $3 for that avocado. <laughs> that's like, I'm, that's cheap for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's very fair. But yeah, like I don't always have mm-hmm. ice cream. I'll eat snacks. I really like Oreos. Uh, yeah, they're vegan. I didn't know that. Yeah. And oh, fun fact, the Ben and Jerry non-dairy ice cream is also vegan, I think. Ooh, that's awesome. So what's your favorite? Are you just a classic Oreo person or do you like one of their new flavors? I have a lot now. I haven't really tried any of their other flavors. I heard the carrot cake one is really good, but I haven't tried it. I didn't know they had a carrot cake. I know they had a real velvet cake and the birthday cake. They have a carrot cake one. I don't know when they, what time of year they put it out though. Easter maybe? Maybe. Yeah, I have, I, I'm very much like just a regular Oreo, like just a plain regular one. Not um, the double stuff? I don't really like the double stuff that much. I feel like it's too much. Honestly, it's the same. Is it? Yeah, it's not actually double stuff. Interesting. I don't know. Supposedly, I could be wrong. I feel like whenever I eat it, though it has been a very long time, so maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like when I did eat it before, it was just like too much. Or maybe it was just the idea of it being too much. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I could be spewing misinformation. I'm so sorry. Misinformation about Oreos. Oreos. Damn it. She told me wrong information. But. 
Well, you could always just do that curve, that turn, right? And then smush two sides with frosting together and have your double stuff for real. <laughs> True. I just like taking the cookie and then I just, I just eat it. I, it, it. I don't know. It's just like something about Oreos. Like it's pretty, it's always consistent. I never have to think about it. That's true. Um, oh, and you never... can't dunk it. Yeah, well, you can, but not in milk. Oh, I can. I mean, like lactose-free milk, um, oh, yeah. which is what I buy. So that's true. But I, I do like eating them with milk. Though more recently, I've just been eating them dry because it's a lot less work. So my work actually sends me a lot of Oreos. Really? That's so nice. Yeah. I think like it's just been very consistent. They found out I like Oreos, so they just keep sending it to me. Oh, that's so nice. They take care of your Oreo fix. They do. Yeah. Recently I like I got a whole package of Oreos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just um ice cream and or snacks or something like that. And then just like usually it's at night when I do this with my creating. Lately, I've been doing it, like, later, like, until, like, midnight, which okay. normally I would stop off at, like, around 10.30 at night mm-hmm. so I could, like, get ready for bed. But recently with this drawing, I'm like, I really like this one. Mm-hmm. So I just keep working on it. Well, that's understandable. Okay, so when you write, are you a planner, pantser, or plotter? Planter, what was the second one? Pl- pan- planter, pantser, plotter. Can you explain the middle two to me? So pantser is you just write by the seat of your pants. You don't have any sort of um, outline necessarily. Some people have like very vague outlines where they just kind of write everything they want in the story. But like um, plotters, they plot everything out. You kind of know what's coming down the pike. There's no um, fluff necessarily. It's just like, there's not no fluff. It's just they have the beats they want to hit and then they also have like sometimes uh dialogue that they want to make sure to write it's it's just completely detailed like you know what's going to happen start to finish and then planter is kind of a combination of the two so they might use like more of a scaffolding kind of technique where they have ideas that they want to hit and then that's probably it and then it's a body and stuff but pantsers are you know they probably don't actually have a plan. They just have an idea and they want to hit it. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, I think it depends on what I'm writing. For a, some of the one shots, it was definitely more of a pantser thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely more like I had an idea mm-hmm. and I just kind of wrote it. But those were also a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. So I would just write out part of it. And then when I finished writing it out, I would just expand on it. Mm-hmm. but there was no real plotting that went into it um I was just like I'm just gonna go for the feeling of it and then but for the longer ones like sort of like affections and um the one I'm working on right now that one's more plotted out mm-hmm. um but it's still probably more of like a planter is that what it was a planter thing where I have an outline but then as I'm writing a lot of it changes mm-hmm. so I kind of just have to go by the seat of my pants for some of it and then rework the outline and then see where that takes me okay that sounds cool do you ever find that you sometimes have to rechange the entire story or afterwards or is it kind of like consistently 
it goes from point A to point Z? Um, I've never really had to change the entire story. Like, it's all kept to the same basic, like, what I want to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's more so just how how to get from point A to point B that changes. Okay, that's cool. So, what are you proud of? Like, what is something that you've done that you're proud of? This is like the perfect time to brag about your accomplishments. It doesn't have to be fandom related, but, you know, can be anything. I guess one of the things that I'm really, really proud of is just like, the fact that I've been able to get back into art specifically. Like I mentioned before, I've been drawing for 11, 11 years now. Wow. Um, but for a lot of that time, I didn't really like challenge myself a lot mm-hmm. or as much as I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't draw. I didn't really, really draw for a few years. Um, but like getting back into art recently has been really really cool and then now I'm doing things that like I've always kind of wanted to do but never like challenged myself enough to do it um which is um most of that is just more like just drawing different things like drawing different poses drawing different scenarios Mm -hmm. um actually completing my illustrations um actually coloring them actually shading them like that's just like and like putting more thought into them and more details yes and a lot more details into them too so that is just something I am really proud of I've been like I mentioned before um well Supercore has been like the main thing I've been drawing so like a lot of that again started with my friend and then really like catapulted with participating in the Argus City Exchange like from there I've just been like drawing more and more detailed things different like again different scenarios that I never would have thought I would have actually been able to do like 10 years ago wow so you've really evolved as a as an artist yeah like one one thing I like to do sometimes is like look at some of my old art and then compare it to now even though I'm not like necessarily at a point that I want to be at Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a reminder of like how far I've come since then too well yeah you've you've slowly evolved simply by the process of doing it over and over and over again and you know you'll you'll just get better through time and practice which is good that you you devote that kind of time to it yeah it's that thing that like even though I stopped for a while it it just like always comes back because it's something that I guess like helps ground me in a way so yeah I'm just just, like really proud and really happy that I like finally came back to it came back to it so do you like drawing do you like um art or do you like writing more I think like as a process I enjoy drawing a lot more Mm -hmm. but I do enjoy like the final product that writing gets me and like how much more room writing gets me and like just thinking up different scenarios just because like with writing I can just like write it out real quick even if I just think of something that I'll never publish um Mm -hmm. or never post but the process is like 
not as fun for me versus like when I'm drawing and I can just sit down and draw whatever's in my head. So but, have you ever tried to make a comic or something that's got a picture and then words? I have in the past, but I also learned I don't have the patience for that. Oh. <laughs> so that's also why I like writing too, uh-huh. um, because it lets me do exactly that, uh-huh. but without having to sit down and draw it. Right. Because that's a little bit more tedious, right? More details, more. That takes a lot to create a good drawing sometimes or a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love reading comics, but um, actually creating them, that's not really my cup of tea. Yeah. And they have very specific kind of structures, right? Because you have to be able to have a, a, a story in a panel with pictures that go along with it. Yeah, it's like a whole, like, it's its own scale of storytelling, essentially, which, like, with anything, if I practice at it, I could probably get better at it, but it's the whole patience thing again, like, the time to draw that versus the time it takes me to, like, write it down instead, like, astronomically different. So have you noticed, like, are there certain things that you like drawing more than others, like faces or landscapes or... Um, I found I really like drawing hair. I still want to like get better at it, of course, and mm-hmm. try drawing different types of hair. But I don't, I don't know what it is about it. But like, I always spend a lot of time trying to get the hair just right. And I think it's because like I just like drawing it so much that I want to make sure it looks perfect. What is it about but, hair that you like? It's a really good question. I really don't know to be honest I think I think part of it is just like like if I'm drawing super core specifically I really like drawing Kara's hair I think it's just like the way it feels when I draw the lines I don't really know how to explain it but when I draw those lines just it's really fun Mm -hmm. to put it like at its core how it feels does it feel like it's sort of more organic because of the lines and the fact that you have to try to be purposeful with the way you draw things that could yeah, that could be it. I guess with hair, too, when I'm drawing it, other than, like, its basic shape, I feel like I don't, at least for me, like, I feel like I don't have to think about it as hard. Versus, like, when I'm posing or, like, trying to draw their clothing or their pose, um, I have to think really hard, like, does that look right? Mm-hmm. Versus, like, a lot of the times hair can kind of do whatever it wants as long as it follows a basic shape. Oh, so you like the simplicity of it then, kind of? yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. What do you feel are like some of your writing weaknesses and strengths, even as for an artist as well? As far as writing, I think one of my weaknesses is definitely like detail and uh, what is it called? Sequencing everything together. If I'm like, if I'm going to be writing something longer. So I think that's definitely one of my weaknesses, definitely compared to when I started earlier this year to now I think I've definitely improved on that but it is something like just getting from point A to point B it always feels like there's a much better way I could be doing this and a much better way I could be describing everything that's happening Mm -hmm. Um, and it's definitely like the hardest part for me too is getting detail in there instead of just like slapping it on there like this happened and then this happened and then this happened but as far as my strengths go I think one of my strengths is probably just, or at least I feel like it's 
probably just um the dialogue and like creating conversations that's at least yeah I feel like that's one of my strengths because that's what I think about a lot when I'm writing too is what would they say to each other um so that comes out much more vividly to me than the description actually does stepping back from the fandoms you're into what would you say fandom evokes or means to you as a whole with fandom I kind of touched on this before like just as a place to you know you can meet new people and you can see a lot of content people make just because they want to Mm -hmm. just because they love it and that's usually what I first think of it but also it kind of connects to people just coming together like you see people in fandom who are like from all over the world too it's not just a localized thing it's it's people who just saw this one thing and they really love it so they want to share it with what is technically kind of the rest of the world i feel like it's just a really cool place like it makes it it makes me happy to see people just love something so much or have yeah a mutual love of something so much that they want to share that with other people. Is it something you think about if you were to think of uh, like inclusive spaces? Like does fandom feel inclusive to you? Because I know there are dark sides to fandom. It's not always all that great. It's not always that welcoming. But for the most part, do you feel it? it can be or that it, like what do you think about when you think about inclusive spaces? What do they kind of have to have for you? Um, inclusive spaces, I think definitely need one, like, uh, definitely need people who are very accepting, but I think also it has to be a space, um, not just accepting, but a space where people also feel the acceptance. Um, like you can have spaces where, you know, people say they're accepting and then it doesn't feel that way. Like it doesn't feel safe. So that's one of the big things for me. That's one of the main things for me, I think, um, when it comes to those kind of spaces. I think, like, fandom can be like that. Like you said, there's definitely dark parts of fandom. But I think a lot of the times fandom can be. And at that point, too, when you kind of get in a fandom and you meet some people, you can kind of, like, curate your own subspace within it um, where you're still enjoying it. You're still kind of engaging with it. But you have this space where you know you've got your own little portion of it which I think also is one thing I feel like you kind of need in inclusive spaces too like your ability the ability to kind of branch off a little bit and -hmm. just have your own little spot within it too yeah that's true do you feel that fandom helped because this is all this is a podcast that kind of talks also about being part of the queer community was fandom something that also helped you realize who you were or was it something that kind of just was like something fun you enjoyed looking at? Just a little bit of both, I think. Um, I've been on Tumblr for probably as long as I've been drawing, like 11 years. So I didn't really like get super into fandom or like super into participating in fandom for a long time. But I think fandom also did help me with you know being younger and figuring out that you're queer mm-hmm. and like you're in 
sort of like spaces where you can't necessarily explore that 100% like locally mm-hmm. and then but you go online and then there are portions of fandom where you can do that I didn't do that as much when I was younger but like coming back now especially like to someplace like the super core fandom I think it's definitely also helped like even now like within within like a pandemic and everything um even now even though I'm a lot older I'm still learning a lot about myself and I think that definitely like the super core fandom like seeing everything uh everything that people create and people talk about um has been really good for that too and like kind of circling back to when I was younger too even though I wasn't necessarily part of a fandom for it I don't really know if there is an active one just comics in general really nice too one of my favorite comics is Batwoman Elegy which I first read back in high school and that was something that like really helped me become more comfortable at the time like Mm -hmm. in an identity as like a lesbian so that helped me to Mm -hmm. just kind of get over that first hurdle of like accepting who I kind of am at that point so do you ever use your stories as a way to kind of explore yourself not necessarily no um when I use this when i write it's more so like I just want to write things that I kind of want or that I think would just be really neat so I don't necessarily use it as an exploration of my identity but I certainly love finding stories that feel like like feel like I can explore through them so what are some fic ricks you might have for people off the top of my head mm-hmm. there's this one fic by C writings it's called you and me and you makes three ah uh, yeah that was a good one yeah, so this one I stumbled upon like probably a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It's become one of my favorites. This one I love just because a lot for the linguistic aspect of it. Um, just because like growing up, I'm not fluent in any other language, but I grew up around other languages mm-hmm. that my family spoke. And then, but when I left for like college and stuff, I didn't hear it anymore. I had to like actively seek out content pretty much in order to hear the languages again. So I don't know, reading this fic just kind of like reminded me of that and felt like something relatable. I, in general, I love a lot of fics that explore Kara and her relationship with uh, Kryptonian, Kryptonese. So I definitely recommend that fic. One of my other favorite fics is called The Power of Deliverance by... Sten006. Did they just update that one? No, they just posted a new fic, actually. Okay. Because I follow yeah. them, too. Yeah, they just posted a new uh, a Sam and Andrea fic. Oh, those two are cute. They could be cute together, too. If you don't like them with Alex. <laughs> I, I do like Sam with Alex. I like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Um I've never thought of Sam and Andrea until seeing their posts. And I'm like, yeah, that could work. Yeah, I definitely, but I definitely recommend Power Deliverance. It's one of my favorites too. It's a, it's a The Dark Wife AU. I don't know if you know what that is. No, what's that? Um, It's a book, actually. It's basically um, a retelling of Hades and Persephone. Interesting. But like a lesbian retelling of Hades and Persephone. 
So I, I like it. I read it the first time a few a few years ago, and then I recently reread it after reading their fic. But if you do read that one, I will say it is very long. I think it's like 170k. Ha! Huh. That's a novel. That's yeah. even worse than a novel. That's like that's like a series right there. It was definitely worth it, in my opinion, but it did take me like two weeks. I'm a slow reader, so okay. Sounds daunting, but I can get it done. I can yeah. do it. Just kidding. <laughs> if you want to pace yourself, I'd say if you can, like a chapter a night. A chapter took me like an hour to two hours to read. Okay. But it's good. It's very good. I, I loved it a lot. Um, I love their characterization and everything. Fun fact, the first time I read that, I had no idea who Sam was. What? Because it was during my rewatch. I hadn't gone to season three yet. Right, right, right. So I I had no idea who Sam was. I actually did think, like, I was picturing Kelly the entire time. Because (laughs) I had only seen pictures of Kelly. I'd never seen a picture of Sam. And then I got to season three and I was like, that's not her. (laughs) (laughs) I was picturing it wrong the entire time. That's okay. That shit happens, right? Yeah, it's just, it's very funny in hindsight. It is actually. It's it's good. It's good though. (laughs) So yeah, like I had no idea who Sam was. I had no idea what the Rain storyline was. Like I, like, I'm not kidding when I say that, like, I did not have any contact with any Supergirl content for like three or three years. I have to say that Rain um, storyline, probably the best they did. I love the rain storyline so much mm-hmm. it was good that one was quality you're like wow odette what's her name um odette annabelle odette annabelle she did it really good yeah she was she was so good as sam so good as rain and oh there's just so much i wish sam could have stayed a lot longer mm-hmm. yeah no that's just it i just wish sam was still there <laughs> I'm, it's not at least she didn't die you know or get in prison she just kind of left it's like things just got too hard yeah i'm glad sam and ruby did at least get a happy ending mm-hmm. they deserved it yeah after after everything i mm-hmm. the fact that they even just got a happy ending even if they never came back then that's fine with me if that's well, what we get yeah although i have to say it's bullshit that she didn't get to keep her kryptonian parts it's not like she was human to begin with, you know? She was a Kryptonian. Yeah, that part of the storyline really didn't make any sense. I'm not really sure how that was supposed to work. Like, was it, were her Kryptonian selves supposed to activate when she was 18? I think so. But how do you, like, stop that? I don't know. Like, her evil Kryptonian cells had to start. But, I mean, she was born on Krypton. It's not like she was born on Earth. She came from Krypton. It, yeah, the the fact that she didn't keep her powers really just does not make any sense to me. No, um, it doesn't. Yeah, I can't remember if they tried to explain it or not, but if they did, it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, Sam would be awesome if she could have stayed, or if she could have come back, too. That would have been nice. Like, why couldn't she have come back? She's not like she's not on the CW still with the Walker show that is doing abysmally, apparently. Fair. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. But at least, like, again, happy ending. There's no way they can ruin Sam's character either. True, true. It's done and over with. 
Yep. She had a very good run though. Like all season three again, it's one of my favorite seasons. So especially that whole rain storyline. She did such a good job with it. She really did. Awesome. All right. So we are in the midst of a pandemic. How do you self-care? A lot of it is just like for me, finding things that I find a lot of joy in doing. So part of that is creating. That's one of the things that's actually helped me a lot this past year. And just mm-hmm. kind of like, and then I guess stay grounded more. Work from home, which I'm pretty lucky to be able to do, but my home isn't really meant to be worked from. So I'm essentially working from my bedroom. Um, so there's no actual separation of space between work so I kind of had to create my own like my work desk is my actual desk that I use for everything else so I make sure to like have a separation for like what I do and don't use when I'm at work versus when I'm doing like my personal stuff mm-hmm. and that kind of helps me keep from blending those together mm-hmm. in my life I think that's helped out a lot too in just like making sure I leave work at work where it's supposed to be versus when I just want to like sit down relax and just do my own stuff yeah it's hard to live where you work and not feel like you're never leaving work because like I take care of my dad right and so I'm always constantly actually engaged because I always have to make sure he's okay and so I do have an office technically, but like it faces the neighbors. There's no privacy. So I just kind of use it as a catch-all instead. (laughs) But yeah, it's hard when there's no feeling of separation from fun life, work life. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's no office where I live. So this, I, I essentially had to convert it into an office but like the thing is, it's like my bed is two inches away. Oh, wow. So yeah, my room's also very small. So like I really had to create like at least a feeling of separation. So I want to kind of go crazy. So do you try to go outside or get out of the your house to kind of also rejuvenate yourself? Um, It depends. Like on weekends, I generally, at least like Monday part of the weekend, I generally spend a lot of time outside of the house. Mm-hmm. But with like the hours I work, because they're normal like office hours mm-hmm. and it being daylight savings now, especially by the time I leave work, it's like pitch black outside. Daylight savings is terrible. They just need to get rid of it. Although supposedly they are going to get rid of it. There, there's supposed to be a bill or something. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I hope. I um, don't have daylight savings. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. I know, but the thing is, is that when everyone else is on daylight savings, my schedule gets screwed up because I forget you might be an hour later, earlier. So like I might schedule an appointment with someone at six o'clock their time and six o'clock their time moves up an hour. And I'm just like, shit, and I'm actually busy. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can see how it's just not standardized. No, it's not. There's only two um, states in the entirety of the United States that does not do daylight savings. The other one's Indiana or something. I learned that not all of Florida does it too. The Florida Panhandle does not do daylight savings. What? 
How confusing wait. is that? No, wait, sorry, no. Okay. My bad. It's my turn for misinformation. Sorry, they're in a different time zone. They're in a different time zone? Yeah, apparently, yeah. How? No, that's that's at least what I've been told. I'm pretty sure it's true. I, I think I looked it up once and it was true, but because the panhandle like drifts off, it's not. It's like it technically is in the central time zone. What do you mean it drifts off? Like it moves? Or, oh, sorry, not like drifts off. Um, like you've seen how Florida looks on a map, right? Yeah, look, it, it, it's curved straight down, kind of. Yeah, but well, you know, like straight down, but curved down. But you know the like little rectangular area at the top that's like goes goes off to the left. Yeah, it, mm, hang on, let me go look that Florida up. Florida. Um, the one that's under Alabama or the one that's under Georgia. Under Alabama, so like I guess half the Panhandle is in the Central Time Zone. So like for them right now, it's eleven p.m. Interesting. Yeah, I found that out recently. Um, I mean, I guess that makes sense. So, I guess, yeah. I don't know. It. I, I just don't like daylight savings. Mm-hmm. That's all it comes back to. Mm-hmm. Um, but your original question about to rejuvenate. Mm-hmm. Um, self-care. Yeah, self-care. A lot of that too is like after I leave work, I usually leave at least like two hours in between where I don't come into my room unless I'm like grabbing something. Oh, wow. So you exile yourself for a couple of hours. Yeah, pretty much. Like just to like, like kind of enforce that feeling of separation. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you would if you left an office and then you come home, make dinner, things like that. Since I have no actual physical place to go to other than my room for work. Like, that's the closest thing I can get to it. Wow. So what do you do during those two hours of self-exile from one's bedroom? Like, right after work, part of that is just eating dinner. And then usually just hanging out in, a lot of times, the living room of our house. and just doing whatever. Sometimes I'm playing Animal Crossing. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just on my phone. I'm usually doing whatever, just anything to kind of keep me out for two hours. That's kind of just it. And I'm just trying to keep myself like doing regular like hygiene stuff like I have a nightly routine that I pretty much just do uh, super simple for me it's just like you know it's making sure I always brush my teeth always mm-hmm. like just take care of that kind of stuff before bed um, and then before bed I'll just kind of like there just lie there and like read that's kind of like my wind down time and like read sometimes I'll like read a book sometimes I'll be like reading fic it, it really all just depends yeah, you got to wind down and decompress right after a crazy day of work and non-separation from work and home. Yep. Would yeah. you like well, to go back to an office or are you kind of like being at home? Um, Being at home has a lot of benefits. One, I don't have a commute, mm-hmm. um, which is really nice. But I think it would, be, it would be nice to be in an office just to like actually have a space to go to that isn't where I also sleep because mm-hmm. you're like oh uh, my bed's right there just kidding <laughs> yeah and like also just like see actual people right it gets kind of lonely otherwise too because you're not like interacting at the water cooler unless you never did that but you know what I mean finding out about so-and-so's kids or so-and-so's whatever 
Yeah, it's like sometimes it just gets really lonely because you're just sitting here mm-hmm. and all you have are you and your customers. But see, that's the good thing about like being on Discord servers or branching out, which can have its drawbacks, but can also, you know, offer some cool things like we got to meet, which was cool. Yeah, and it was like the the way we started playing games together was just me making an offhand comment and then it's kind of tumbled into this, which is really cool too. Like, I just said I like playing Animal Crossing and here we are. Exactly, and now we sh- send each other DIYs or like, oh, I have this. I'm like, I need that. I'm My millions are going down. <laughs> the price of all of these new update items. I'm like, wow. I'm not stealing all of my money. But he's the one who helps me make it. It's a very closed capitalistic sense system. Uh, yeah. And you're like the only person contributing to your island's economy. Exactly. Like, like you buy people their things. <laughs> you, for, you move their house and you pay for it. You, <laughs> you pay to, you go hunting for materials to make fences give them things feed them i mean like they actually are all your pets if you think about it they are your pets <laughs> all with their own homes mm-hmm. and then sometimes when, when you get tired of them and they finally ask to leave you're like yes please go away yes you can leave i don't need you anymore yeah I'm like I I'm I'm happy with the the um women I have on my island so I'm like no you can't go. <laughs> but, yeah, you basically you run a zoo. But people were clothed but the animals were clothing most of the time. They don't have anything at the bottom but you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's true except for Tom Nook. He's he's a real ringleader of this all. Exactly. He and somehow he funds it all. You like you buy, you pay him his money for your house. Then he, then his kids pay you money for the stuff you find. Then there's money all over the place. But I'm just glad Timmy and Tommy have like no boundaries about what they'll buy. They'll buy anything. They will. They'll buy old ass socks and garbage. <laughs> I guess the five five bells i got for the garbage piece is worth it i mean yeah if you just throw it away it'd be zero bells <laughs> but sometimes it's too painful too it's like such a hassle to fucking go to nook's cranny to get sell flowers because you have an overabundance of them uh yes i definitely ha- i personally definitely have an overabundance of flowers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I finally got a blue rose. I now have a complete set of flowers. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about my flowers. I just kind of let them go. And uh, they make their own hybrids. Yes. And you know what? They're doing great. So like we were talking a little bit, we did meet on the Argo Exchange. Was that the first event you did? Yeah. I had to think about it for a second, but that was the first event that I ever really participated in, I think. So what made you want to do the Argo Exchange? At first, I actually wasn't going to do it, but then I kept thinking about it. I was like, I really like Supercore, mm-hmm. and I really want to create something, and I think that would be really cool. Um, and it seemed like really like a low-stress event, which it really was. It was amazing, but I liked the fact that it was very, like, do it at your own pace. So I was like, um, 
I'm just going to do it and see where that takes me. And apparently it's taken me really to really good places. Yeah. You got to make a cool art piece and then you exchanged it with your partner. Who was your partner? Uh, my partner is actually Organa Banana. I actually haven't seen their piece yet. They, uh, it, There's been some delays with that. Oh. So hopefully, I, I just hope that they're doing good. I, it was nice that you don't have to submit a completed work. But like, I still have to write chapter. I, I wanted to do a six chapter story for mine. And I'm only still on chapter one. You gotta write five more chapters. I did read. I read chapter one though. It was really cute. So when you do write it, the rest, I'm looking forward to reading it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I did make a podcast or a audio chapter for it too, which is fun. Apparently, it sounded robotic, so I have to redo it. That's okay. That's definitely been a nice low key. It's been a nice low key event. Yeah, and. This is actually probably a really good place to stop. Plus, it's like 12 o'clock there for you right now, right? Yep. Yeah. So any last words before we go? No, really just like, thanks for having me again and just having this conversation with me. It was really fun. Yeah. Thank you for saying yes. I'm I'm glad our, our gaming sessions could turn into a conversation over fandom and stuff. Yeah. It's like one of those things, again an off-topic comment and things just kind of snowball from there yes that is so true and now we play monopoly and mario kart 8 which you always beat me at (laughs) except for that one time i did beat you that was awesome (laughs) yep i started mario kart saying um i'm not that great and uh blatant lie apparently (laughs) i'm a swimmer But okay, and where can people contact you at? What are some of your what are your socials? Um, my main one really is just Tumblr, so and Ao3, so both of them are both scandal cabbage. And you can follow me on Tumblr and Twitter as Fandom Is Us, on Instagram as a Podcat, on TikTok as Down the Fandom with Aya, and last as Aya Spencer on Ao3. If you didn't get any of that, you can find both of our socials by following the link in the description, which is also where you will find shoutout recs for other fandom creators and links to supporter-only extras. A huge thank you to everyone who supports this podcast, tunes in, and have smashed the follow and like buttons. I cannot express how deeply grateful I am that you did. And last, don't forget to show some love to your favorite fandom creators. Always try to find that common ground, and no matter what anyone says, you are a creative and beautiful person. Peace out, Rainbow Trouts. All right, and we're done. Bye. Bye. Have a good night.